A very good evening to each one of you and a very warm welcome to our evening service here in Knockbeam. Whether you are in the church building or watching and joining with us online, you're all very welcome. May the Lord, as he has promised, draw near to meet with us and to bless us. Let us bring our praise to God to sing for his glory from Psalm 96 on page 358. The 96th Psalm, we'll sing the first seven verses. O sing a new song to the Lord, sing all the earth to God. To God sing, bless his name, show still his saving health abroad. Psalm 96, O sing a new song to the Lord. Now let us pray together. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, it is our joy, it is our delight, it is our duty to gather unto your name this evening. And we thank you for the privilege of doing so. We bless you for this your own holy day this one day set aside in seven, a day of rest, 
a day of peace, a day of worship. And we do thank you for your presence with us in the morning service. We thank you for your word to our hearts. Now we turn afresh to you this evening hour, and we pray that you would again draw near to us. We thank you for the God to whom we draw near. We have been singing about you in our opening song. We thank you for all that you do and all that you are for your people. And we pray that you would help us to reach out afresh this evening and to grasp something of the divine power that is available to us. And we pray that we might, each one without exception, either in the building or online, that we would receive rich blessing for our souls help for our daily living, and that we might bring glory to your name. Be with us here, we pray. Be with your people wherever they meet across the globe. Some have already met. Some are still to meet. But Lord, we pray that in the assembling of your people, your name would be magnified and that blessing would come through the further preaching of your word. We commit ourselves into your hands. We look to you for your blessing. And we pray these things with the forgiveness of our sins. And only in the name and for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our second psalm is Psalm 80 on page 332 in the Psalter, and we'll sing the first six verses. Hear, Israel's shepherd, like a flock, thou that dost Joseph guide. Shine forth, O thou that dost between the cherubims abide. In Ephraim's and Benjamin's and in Manasseh's sight, O come for our salvation, stir up thy strength and might. Psalm 80, hear Israel's shepherd like a flock. <clears throat>
Let us read God's Word as we find it recorded by John in his Gospel, chapter 10. John's Gospel, chapter 10. We commence to read at verse 7 and read through to verse 30. In the first seven verse, first six verses, Jesus has revealed himself as the good shepherd, but they didn't understand what he was saying. So he repeats and gives further explanation, and we take up our reading at verse 7. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me. Because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I received from my Father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, He has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? At that time, the feast of dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter. And Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand my Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one.
In the providence of God, as a lad, my parents sent me to elocution classes. I had to recite poems. I had to do scripture readings. I had to participate in one-act plays. I want to read a very well-known passage of scripture, Psalm 23, but I am not reading it to show off, but it is my desire and my prayer that as I read it with emphasis this evening, that you might grasp afresh the relationship between the Lord, the shepherd, and his individual sheep. The 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. And may the Lord bless to us these readings of his word. Let us again join together in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of being in your house and in your presence this evening. We thank you for the comfort and the peace that surrounds us. We thank you for the assurance that comes to our hearts through your word. We thank you for these passages of scripture that we have read. And we pray, Lord, that they would be a real comfort and blessing to us, that we might personally, individually experience the blessing of having Jesus Christ as our Good Shepherd. We thank you for his care. We bless you for his provision. We thank you that he watches over us and guides us and helps us. <coughs> Lord, we pray for your blessing upon your church. Particularly, we pray this evening for the Free Church of Scotland. We thank you for all her ministers, those retired those active and those in training for the ministry draw near to help them and to bless them we pray your special blessing upon our minister we pray for Farker as he attends the classes in Edinburgh as he is helped as he is given guidance concerning in training for the ministry 
that you yourself would be his teacher, his guide, by your Holy Spirit enable him, although at times we feel it almost impossible, that you would help him to be an even better minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do help him, bless him, and bless all who join with him uh, for these revision classes. Lord, be with us now as we turn to your word. By your Holy Spirit, visit every soul. Draw near to every heart. Speak individually through the voice of a preacher. Speak to individual souls. Magnify your name. Exalt the Lord Jesus. And help us to be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now we turn to sing the 23rd Psalm on page 229. You hardly need me to tell you the page or to tell you the number of the Psalm. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me down to lie. The Lord's my shepherd.
Well, if it's uh, not too late in January, may I bring you very good wishes for the new year. I trust it is a good year for all of us. But what does this new year, 2023, what does it hold? What does the future look like? Well, to think of the world in which we live, it will not improve. It would seem that the Russian-Ukrainian war, the conflict there, will continue. For those who understand international relations, Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, will still pose a threat to world peace. But then we are told in the scriptures that perilous times will come. We live in a very uncertain world. What will it mean for the United Kingdom? Well, the cost of living crisis will still be with us. Inflation will still be rampant. There will continue to be strikes. And both governments, I mean those in Westminster and those at Holyrood, will continue to muddle through. What will it mean for the church? Well, the world will still war against Christ and his church. But the word of God will continue to be a beacon for the church. Her rule of faith and practice. The church will still be called to be salt and light in the world in which it is placed. And what will it mean for the individual believer? Well, only the Lord really knows this. We do not know the future. We do not know the way that the Lord will lead us individually. But can we focus on this, that perhaps this year... The Lord himself will return. He will appear in the clouds with the angels, with power and great glory, and call his people to himself. I want us to look at the 23rd Psalm and see what Scripture says about the future. If we have the Lord as our shepherd. That's why I read with emphasis the 23rd Psalm. It's imperative that we have the Lord as our shepherd. And as I have thought about this evening service My prayer has been that if there are those who hear my voice, either here or wherever you are, and you're not yet a believer, you're not yet fully trusting in Jesus Christ, that even this evening you will take that step of faith and surrender your life to him. And if you do have that quiet peaceful assurance that Jesus is your good shepherd, that you will deepen your dependence upon him, that you will allow the roots of your faith to go deeper into the good shepherd. But those who do have 
the Lord as their shepherd, then there is a future in which there is no lack. The Lord is my shepherd, said David. I shall not want. Maybe that would be better translated. I will not have any deep need. But there will be a supplying of the needs of the sheep. For we all have needs. I remember asking a, a shepherd one time, although I, I sort of kind of guessed the answer he would give me. I know nothing about sheep farming, but I asked a shepherd, why do sheep need a shepherd? And he paused only briefly and he said, to care for them. He said, I go out and I visit my sheep regularly. And he said, I go to where they are in my little van. And when they hear the sound of the van coming, they run to me because they know that I care for them. And I probably have food for them. And I will seek out those that need my special care and attention. We read from John 10 and verse 14, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. How does Jesus know his sheep? Well, he knows them intimately. He knows them fully. He knows them completely. But how do his sheep know him as the good shepherd? I trust that we know him, the one who cares for us who deeply cares for us, who cares for us to the extent that he was willing to give up his life for our sakes. I know my own, and my own know me. We have a cat at home, and it knows who feeds it, and is very clear about the devotion to that person who looks after it, gives it medication when it is required, gives it food when it wants. And it's not me. But he knows who loves it, who cares for it, who provides for it. One of the attributes of God... There are three omnis, omnipresent, present everywhere, omnipotent, all-powerful, nothing beyond the capability of God. But think of the one that tells us that God is omniscient, omni, all, iscient, all knowledge, and the Good Shepherd is omniscient. Let me assure you this evening, there is nothing about you that the Lord, the Good Shepherd, does not fully, completely know and understand. He knows all there is to know about you. Sometimes we hear the expression, oh, so-and-so, uh, 
what he or she doesn't know about a certain subject isn't worth knowing. But the Lord has complete 100% knowledge, understanding, care, attention for his individual sheep. It was overheard by Elizabeth, well, it was an imaginary overhearing of a conversation in an orchard by Elizabeth Cheney. And she penned these words. Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, Friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. Whatever your concern is, whatever your worry, whatever your need is, whatever's going on in your mind, even as I address you, take it to the Lord in prayer. He knows. He understands. He is willing to assist you. He will carry you through. Very often we focus on this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And we rejoice in that, that there will be no lack. There will be no need that is left unmet. And rightly so, we should rejoice in that. Such is the goodness of our good shepherd. But there's another side that we don't always think about. And that is the reputation of the shepherd. Imagine if we had a need. Imagine if a sheep, if a flock had needs and the shepherd just turned a blind eye to them and never cared about them. What would that do in the community, in the farming, in the sheep farming community about so-and-so? He doesn't deserve to have a flock. He doesn't care for them. His reputation would be shot to shreds. And if the authorities got to know about it, he would be visited. His sheep would be inspected. And if he was found to have neglected his sheep, he would be prohibited from having sheep in the future. Imagine the damage to the reputation of the Good Shepherd if he was careless, if he was indifferent to the needs of the sheep. And Jesus is concerned about his name, about his reputation. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And if we say the Lord is our shepherd and he is not really a shepherd, he's not even a shepherd, never mind a good shepherd then the untold damage that would be done to the sweet and precious name of the Lord. Secondly, if we have the Lord as our shepherd, then we have a future in which there is no fear. I will fear 
no evil. How fearful we can be at times. And Farker has been very helpful not only this morning but in previous Lord Day sermons dealing with fear. None of us are immune from fear. We are usually not fearful of things that are good, things that are kind, things that are ugly, things that are true, things that are pure, things that are wholesome. We appreciate these things. We embrace them. We do not fear them. But the psalmist says, I will fear no evil. Things that are dark. Things that are shadowy. Things that are hurtful. Things that are appearing to be evil. We fear them. We are fearful because we doubt God's care and concern. But he promises that he sees us. His eye is always upon us. We cannot go out of the graze where he has led us. Neither can we go out of the gaze of his eye upon us. He hears us. He hears the prayers of his people and is pleased to answer. He hears even the faintest cry that is offered in the weakest of faith. He hears. He even hears the unspoken prayer. That prayer that we cannot formulate words to express it, but it's there within our hearts. He hears it. He knows it. He understands it. Because he cares for us. And he is concerned about us. Psalm 33 tells us that the Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne he observes all who live on earth. He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus is teaching his disciples they are not to be concerned about life and living and livelihood. Take no thought for your life, what we shall eat, what we shall wear. And then in verse 32, Jesus says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Oh, there are times when we do fear things that concern us. But contrast that with how faithful God will prove to be, not at times, not here and there. But at all times, for he is God, and he is consistent, and he always cares. And we do not need to fear if we have this assurance that our times are in his hands, and that he is indeed truly our good, our greatest shepherd. So if we have the Lord as our shepherd, then 
we have a future in which there is no lack. If we have the Lord as our shepherd, then we have a future in which there is no fear. And finally, if we have the Lord as our shepherd, we have a future in which there is no death. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The future will ultimately reveal the unfailing goodness of God. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Has God ever failed you? Has he ever failed you once? Think of the victories that he has helped you to win. Think of the battles he has helped you to fight. And he never ran away. Not like the hired hand who does not care for the sheep. And when he senses danger, when he sees the wolf coming, he runs. And the sheep are scattered by the wolf. The good shepherd has never failed. The good shepherd will never fail. Not even at the last enemy, the enemy of death. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The future, sometimes it worries us, it concerns us. But if we don't just look at the immediate future, but the future that is eternal, where we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God is good. If he has been good to you throughout your life, he is God. He cannot change. He will continue to be good right up to the end and even good to you as you cross over Jordan. The future will reveal the unfailing goodness of God. And then the future will also reveal the unfolding glory of heaven and home. Oh, what a future, what a prospect for the true people of God. Glory in our heavenly home. Let this encourage you when times are difficult. Remind the devil, say to him, this world is not your home. You're just passing through. You're going on to a better home. You're going on to a better land. You're going on to a city whose builder and maker is God. And rejoice if you have the Lord as your good shepherd. Rejoice in what lies before us. Heaven, the unfolding glory of heaven and home. Just think for a moment of stepping on a shore. Imagine yourself on a boat journey. You've crossed a sea. And whether that crossing has been calm or tumultuous, 
you have come to the end of your sea journey and you step on shore and you find that shore is heaven's shore. Just think of touching a hand and reaching out and taking a hand and finding it is God's hand and you know it is God's hand because of the nail prints of the cross. Just think of breathing new air. I remember the first time I came home from Africa, I had left a very dry, arid, dusty, hot continent and flew into Brussels. And when I disembarked at Brussels, when I got off the aircraft, it had been raining, but the rain had stopped. And I remember just pausing and taking a few good gulps of fresh European air and rejoicing that I had lungs to breathe and good air to breathe in. Think of breathing new air and finding it is celestial. Think of waking up in glory and finding it home. And you will be more comfortable than waking up in your own bed and in your own home because it will be heaven's home. It will be perfect. Nothing that defiles will ever enter in. And best of all, it will be where the good shepherd is, where he has led us, his people. And may the Lord help us so to view the future that it is well with our souls if our souls are in the care of the good shepherd. May it be so for his name's sake. Let us pray. <coughs> Heavenly Father, at times we feel, and indeed we are so undeserving of your mercy and of your grace. We are not worthy of your care, of your love, of your compassion, of your tender mercies. But we thank you that you are a God of grace. We thank you for this picture in the New Testament and indeed the Old Testament as well of the Good Shepherd and his sheep. Help us that we might give full attention to the knowledge that we are in Christ, that we are sheltered in him, that the Good Shepherd has control of our lives. And so help us to respond to him, to be obedient to him, to follow where he leads, to obey his voice. We ask it in the Saviour's name. Amen. Sorry, Ian, I, I have down here Psalm 70, but is that it? It, it should be 72. Is that what? Is that? It is 72 that I intended, and even though I checked with Ian, it was Psalm 70 on my notes. But it's Psalm 72, the latter part, 
from 17 to the end. His name forever shall endure. Last like the sun it shall. Men shall be blessed in him and blessed all nations shall him call. Page 314. What does the future hold? God will always be God and his name will never change. Let us sing to his praise. His name forever shall endure. you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.